Hello, and welcome to What Else Do You Do? I'm your host, Masao. I'm a producer at Studio Cut to Bits in Montreal. So this week, our guest is Anouk Buckman. Please introduce yourself. Hi, yeah. So my name is Anouk. Um, I'm a production manager at Ubisoft Montreal. And I moved to Montreal about 13 years ago from San Francisco, where I did my degree. And before that, I was born and raised in Holland. So this podcast is called What Else Do You Do? So what else do you do? Or what else did you do before the pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's that's a really good question, right? Because the world has changed and so have I. Um, but before before the pandemic, next to being a... Um, at the time I was working in marketing at Ubisoft Montreal, I was also... I am also a parent to a little boy, Casper, and I do... Uh, martial arts in my free time, specifically kickboxing. So what got you into kickboxing? Um, so that's that's kind of a long story that goes, yeah, I can go very, very far back. I picked up uh, jiu-jitsu for the first time when I was about 12 years old and did that for a few years, stopped in my teenage years because there were other things. And um, then I dabbled in karate for about five to seven years, moved to San Francisco, did Taekwondo for several years. And then when I moved to Montreal, I kind of lost all touch with martial arts for several years. I got married, uh, gave birth to uh, Casper and, uh, you know, joined the game industry. I was very, very tired overall, very, very busy. And, um, then one day, well, one day a divorce happened and I was very, um, very lost, very depressed and needed to fill the time that my son was uh, with his father um, to do something for myself. And I, I really needed to find a better outlet for these kind of negative feelings than anything else, you know? So um, I was walking outside of Ubisoft and I walked past a Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, MMA gym. And uh, I, I just walked in and said, uh, hey, um, I'm old, you know, to start with that kind of sport, which is, you know, I was 35 at the time. And uh, I've never done this. And how do I start? And uh, Koji, the, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach, was really welcoming. And he introduced me as well to Patrick, who is the, the kickbox uh, coach there and uh that's that's how i rolled into it and it went from never having done that to doing that uh four or five times a week uh, over the last years until the pandemic so what do you like about kickboxing i think um i mean for me not just kickboxing but martial arts in general has had a huge mental health factor for me uh, I'm a very anxious person. I get into my head a lot. I overthink. I worry. Um, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder in my 20s, which is, you know, I, I don't necessarily like to give labels too easily, but um, but that one fits me very well. And um, I think martial arts for me is a way, like martial arts is very, very intense uh, at least the, the martial arts I've practiced. And um, 
you don't have time to think. You don't have time to overthink. You just, you're learning to work with your brain and body in a way that's, I feel, quite primal. Um, it goes back to developing instincts and getting in touch, getting in touch with your body and mind in a way that, that goes back to the roots, I think. And um, so that's, that's been, that's been a huge thing for me. And I think, you know, of course, that's not just martial arts. Okay? It could be for other people that could be chess or horse riding. It's just for me that that happened to be martial arts also because I'm, I'm a person, even though I am an anxious person, I'm very adventurous. I like risk taking. So it seems a bit, it seems like a, I'm a walking paradox. So I don't mind finding some things that, that kind of put me into a certain like kind of a feeling of physical danger. It's thrilling. It gives me a big thrill. And yet it's a very safe environment to practice that in. So I think, I think that kind of sums it up. It seems that a lot of people I talked to over the years who, who practice kickboxing and other martial arts have, you know, there's a lot of motivations like that, you know, like getting, dealing with certain emotions in a way that's much healthier, methodical and calming, even though it, it may not look very peaceful. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never been so Zen as walking out after like a three hour training, you know, is there any competitive aspect to it for you? Or is it more of a process and training for you? Um, I have done some competitions in the past, uh, just amateur competitions. I'm not naturally a competitive person at all. Um, I'd like to be part of a team without feeling that people completely rely on me, you know? So I think that's, that's a nice thing about martial arts. Like you join a gym or you join a team, like, you know, the kickboxing guys, like, cause they were all guys, they all became buddies, you know, like you feel part of a team and yet you're constantly sparring with each other, but helping each other be better. It's and, like a friendly competition rather than... Yeah, exactly. Even though you can still like, occasionally I would walk out with a black eye. It didn't happen often, you know, but it happened. So I, I think for me, there was not so much competition. I can see why people do want that. And I've seen a lot of people I trained with are MMA fighters or are deep into competition. But for me, that was it was more like, I just want to be part of this gang of cool people and learn from them and get better and feel stronger. And that was the most important thing for me. Well, let's let's bring it back to game dev. What do you get out of kickboxing that you don't get out of game dev? Um, I think that comes down to, again, it's like the very different way of using my brain when I practice or practiced martial arts. It's been over a year now, sadly, and I miss it, miss it very much. But yeah, I think it comes down to like in, in game dev, I'm constantly... My job means that I'm constantly interacting with people. I constantly have to problem solve and help people prioritize, find their tasks. And it's just a very different side from your brain because it's it's funny because in kickboxing, for instance, it's you're also problem solving in many ways, but on a very instinctive level, you know? That's kind of it for me. It's like that primal brain or what you call like the lizard brain, you know, that can also make me very anxious. Like I kind of engage it in kickboxing and get in touch with that lizard brain rather than 
running away from it. You know, what I used to do uh, with, with my anxiety is like try to try to ignore it or try to not engage it. And with kickboxing, I'm like, I'm full on facing it. Uh, so it's a very different way of using my brain. And of course, also my, my body, because in, in game dev, like it's, you don't do anything with your body. I mean, you type. So, you know, I think it's also a very matter of fact thing that, you know, being in game dev, sitting on a chair, it's, it's not the best for your back. It's not the best for your muscles, you know, your posture. So one thing that you have to have in kickboxing is a very upright posture, a very straight back. You ha- you're using all your muscles. So I think on, on a very just practical day-to-day level, it's helped me out a lot with back pain and things like that and posture overall. Okay, so let's flip that question around. What do you think kickboxing brings to you as a game developer in terms of your process or creative output? I think kickboxing has really taught me how to eat shit. <laughs> it's been really rough. I'm not very good at it, you know? Like that's that's it. Like I'm I I would train with people who are just who've been in the cage, you know, in MMA cages and all that stuff. So, I'm constantly failing in a way, but it's the only way to get better. There's never a time in kickboxing where you're not failing, like unless you're like maybe one of the best UFC fighters, which is, you know, but it's, 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 so it's, it's really humbling because you learn that the only way to get better is by getting punched in the gut or getting tackled. Like, okay, you don't keep your guard up. You're going to get a glove in your face. You will learn how to keep your guard up and it will happen over and over again. I think coming to terms with that kind of, okay, I'm failing, but that's okay. It's fine. You know, this is what I'm here for. This is what life is about. And I think bringing that to game dev where I think me and a lot of other people have quite an imposter syndrome, right? I think I work with people who are a lot smarter than me, who are a lot better than me. And I've learned instead of comparing myself to those people or feeling like I don't belong or feeling like... I shouldn't be there. I don't deserve to be there. Like in kickboxing, I walk in and I know I'm like, I'm the shittiest person there, but it's okay. I'm part of the team. And in game dev, I'm like, okay, I'm not as technical. I'm not an artist. Uh, I belong, you know, it's okay for me to be there. I deserve my spot. I work hard and I learn. And yeah, and occasionally I, I eat shit on whether it's game dev or kickboxing, and it makes me better. I've actually read an article, I think it was a Harvard Business Review, and they were talking about actually how people don't really learn from success, that humans are really not designed to learn from success. We're designed to learn from failure. So failing is actually really important. And to a certain extent, if you're not failing, it means that you're not pushing yourself. Yeah, I think think that could be true. I think until my 30s, my life was pretty... I would say flawless, you know, successful. Like I grew up with a great family in Holland, wonderful parents, great childhood, privileged, good education, nice people. I mean, yes, I had a massive anxiety disorder, but you know, that was like the only thing going against. And then in my 30s, life really threw me curveballs, you know, in terms of an unexpected divorce, um, in terms of some really bad health things that happened to me. I went through pregnancy loss. I went through having to deal with some cancer cells and chemotherapy, like nothing, nothing huge, but shitty. And I think, you know, Can- it's, it's, cancer is kind of a big deal. I, I think you could say that it's a big deal. <laughs> I mean, it was 
it's like some cells that went rogue, you know? So it's it's like, I don't know, I think you could compare it to like stage well, one yeah, or stage I mean, 0. I'm, 0.5. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that like it's it's like the biggest deal, but like <laughs> I think any cancer or any chemotherapy is a pretty big deal. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, it really sucked. And I had to deal with with loss, you know, with pregnancy loss, which I'm, I'm very open about because I, I was very ashamed of it. And then you learn how many people have to face that and so i think you know these are these are not necessarily like rationally i know these are not failures but you feel like you fail like my marriage failed my pregnancies failed my body failed i felt like everything was failing and i dealt with it really well really really well and that was a huge surprise to me as well as my psychologist actually my psychologist wasn't that surprised she said i do well i do better in crisis situations than in day-to-day life and i think she's right um but i dealt with these things really well and i do i do credit you know martial arts with helping me like in the way how i use my brain you know actively you know it almost has a meditative effect how to engage with my body how to you know just how to face danger and the thing is like even when i had one i only had one round of chemo and i mean only it it still sucked it I was very sick. I still kept going to to kickboxing as well as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, even though, you know, I told the people there and I was, you know, obviously not really sparring or anything. I needed that to kind of make peace with my body and what was happening to me at the time. And I would throw up, but in the in the toilet, not on the not on the map, but like and people there got it it's like you create this bond with the people in the dojo that you don't necessarily even though you don't necessarily know them all that well you don't necessarily see them outside of the dojo but you'll kind of know why you're there you know everybody's there for their own reasons everybody is fighting something and whether it's themselves or a situation we're all there for for our own reasons you know so i think i think that was really really helpful and uh, it, it got me through a lot of really tough shit so it's it's you know, and I think it's one of the reasons why, yes, I, I will go back. I'm 40 years old now. So I'm like, definitely not in prime kickboxing shape anymore, you know, because like recovery, like even though I'm in, I feel like I'm in better shape now than I was in my 20s, like recovery can be hard and yeah. I don't have time for recovery, you know, like I don't have time to lay in bed. Like I'm a parent, I'm an employee. I can't just like recover from a three hour kickboxing <laughs> session for a day, but I just, train differently and i can't wait to go back yeah that's i just want to say i think you're like super hard on yourself i think i think you're super cool and super smart and i've known you for a while so for whatever that's worth (laughs) well thank you yeah i mean i'm the thing is like i you know i yes thank you i need to not like just say thank you but you know (laughs) i'm learning that i'm trying to also give that example to my son you know it's like it's okay to be like yeah i'm 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 pretty cool. I got this, you know. I think it's it, it was a rough couple of years in my in the last like four or five years have been tough on me. But I think the last year, even though it was a pandemic, was one of the best of my life. And I mean, I'm, I also have a hard time saying that out loud because like, in a time that people have had like some of the worst year, the worst year of their life, I was thriving. And I think part of it was that. And again, like I, I, I talked to a therapist about this, which I think is very important to, to acknowledge. You know, I think most everybody should see a therapist. But yeah, I was saying to her, I think after everything that happened over the last years, the pandemic just wasn't that big of a deal uh, to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. In the, in the, yeah. I mean, it's a I big mean, deal. Don't get me on the, on the it's grand a big deal. scheme yeah, of things. Sure. But it's, it's like, I feel like 
for me, it wasn't a big deal. And I mean, and, and it is a big deal. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've, people suffer, but for me no, personally, I, it's, I it's totally like, I have, that. I have no control over this and that's why I'm able to let it go. And I think I've learned that over the years where here's a situation on a global scale. I have zero control over this. All I can do is wear my mask and keep my distance. And that's, that's it, you know? So for me, it, yeah, that was it. Like I had to, I adapted to the situation and then there's, okay, there's nothing else I can do. So I'm, I'm at, at peace with that, you know? And I think I learned that kind of thinking through, by having gone through situations that were felt completely out of my control before. It, like the health situations, the, the pregnancy losses, the even the divorce, you know? Like I had zero control over this and there's so much letting go that has to happen. And I think that helped me deal with the pandemic too, like, it sucks. I haven't seen my family in over a year. I miss them. I worry about them, but I can't control that. So yeah, our last question is, what is something you'd like people to know about kickboxing? I think the most important thing for me that I would advise other people is, you know, whether it's kickboxing or karate or taekwondo I mean, or jiu-jitsu, like those are the sports I have experience with. Just Give it a shot if if you like the look of it. Like I mean, I know that I just mentioned like yeah, if I experienced the black eye things and that, but you set your own boundaries, right? And if it's a good team and a good coach, they respect your boundaries. Like yes, I've walked out with black eye, but I also I also went to kickboxing right after a pregnancy loss and subsequent surgery and blood transfusions during chemo. Nobody touched me. You know, I was still able to practice. But like, it's, it's, I think it's in general, and I'm, this is, I've, I found the dojos, at least the dojos I've, I have experienced with, and maybe I've just been really lucky. Some of the safest and most respectful places I've ever been in, like where I could truly be myself, no matter how old you are, no matter what gender you are. Of course, if you walk into a, a club and you don't, like, you don't trust the vibe, then you, you have to go straight back out. I think... I've been lucky enough to that the places I've been through, whether it was karate in Amsterdam, taekwondo in San Francisco, uh, jiu-jitsu and, and kickboxing here in Montreal, I've made friends and and I'm happy I walked in. And there is there's a huge hurdle, you know, because I know that when it's safe again, uh, safe enough to practice again, I will walk back and I'll be nervous, you know, because I've lost that kind of training shape. Like I'm I'm still training every day but not in kickboxing so it's gonna take some time to get back into it and and you know and but i will go back and i will tell my coach and whoever i would train with like take it easy on me because i'm a little nervous and i trust them to do that and they will so that's kind of my advice it's like if, if you're interested just do it like just walk in or find a group on i don't know a local group uh, there's so much on the internet you know somebody to connect with who can tell you about it, you know, but uh, generally dojos or classes, like they offer a class or something like that for free and you don't have to worry about it, you know, just give it a shot. If you don't like it, you don't have to continue. That's it. Well, that was awesome. I really enjoyed this conversation and your honesty and vulnerability, I think is an inspiration and powerful. And yeah, thank you very much for this. I think you too. Yeah, I hope I wasn't too much of a downer. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think so. I think we talked about some real shit, and you know, things. Some sometimes things can be hard, but 
Yeah, I, I just feel, I felt like it was important to to mention things like real life as it happened. And I've, I, I'm very confident these days. I'm very happy in my life. And I just felt like while going through those things, I was felt very lonely and insecure. And listening or reading other people's stories helped me. So I don't know, you know, maybe maybe it helps someone else to hear that things can be tough and you you'll get through it. And that's okay. I've actually become much more open about my uh, mental health and the fact that I'm in therapy because of you, like because you have been so public about it. And I'm like, yeah, there's no reason to be like, this is not something to be ashamed of. This is something that we should talk openly. So yeah, um, we should. I've, I've never mentioned it before, but it's uh, you are the reason I talk about it. So that's that's amazing. That's that's amazing, and that's like the biggest gift to me, you know. Because like you know, other people who talk to me about it help help me get through, break through those barriers, you know. Because growing up in Holland, like it's a bit stoic. It's a bit like just be normal. That's crazy enough. And it took me. I was almost thirty when I started therapy and treatment, and and it changed my life. And I think, you know, I don't want to have to go on for too long. I don't want to take up your time. But I think one of the most important things is a psychiatrist. You're, you're not would... taking up my time. Like I, okay. I, I'm the one that asked to talk to you. So okay. <laughs> please well, take, I mean, take as I, much time I, as you I, like. I guess because if, if anything, if anybody is struggling, like the most hopeful thing and helpful thing that a psychiatrist, like I saw a psychiatrist in San Francisco, it was like a, I was doing very badly because I had very uncontrolled anxiety. And it was the first time I was seeing professionals for that and the first time I was diagnosed. Uh, because in Holland, that just kind of wasn't done at the time. And um, she said to me, like, she talked to me about brain plasticity, you know, like how how by changing your habits, your thought patterns, um, you know, through obviously like therapy, everything that you do, you you can actually change the way your brain is wired, you know, and and that that gave me so much hope, you know, because I'm still an anxious person, but I very rarely to never have panic attacks anymore. And, um, you know, the anxiety is quite minimal these days. And I think that a lot of that is because I've really put a lot of time and effort into things like cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, exercise, including martial arts, including kickboxing, yoga meditation in in order to kind of pursue that rewiring of the brain or how the neurotransmitters i mean i'm not a scientist of course it's just but like you can read about it and it's super interesting because i find it one of the most hopeful one of the most hopeful messages when it comes to mental health conditions like anxiety and depression is that it is possible to to change how you how your brain reacts to things and i think it's i think it's true you know like I, I, I think I've seen it happen to me, and uh, I think that's that's the one thing that I would say, a message that I would give to anyone who's who's young or who's newly diagnosed with anxiety, or or maybe has had it for many years and doesn't know what to do with it. Like this change is possible, like, um, but it takes it, it takes a lot of effort, you know. But it's like the the good thing is that it takes good effort, like, you know, healthy habits. Uh, sports, you know, therapy. There's no shame. There's no shame in that, you know. I think half the world has it these days or more. I mean, I think more people should be in therapy than who are actually in there. So, 
Yeah, I think it would make the world a better place. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, thank you for saying that. And and I think, uh, you know, I see my therapist only once every three months. So it's, I don't go very much anymore, but I still, I still come out of every session, like a weight lifted from me, you know, like, like a point where I can just be honest and she, she can really confront me with like, she asks me the hard questions and makes me kind of change, change perspective on things. And again, that's where I go into the brain plasticity. You know, I get stuck in these worry loops, you know, I get stuck in cycles before the pandemic, you know, there were a few things that could take me out of that, which is my son, kickboxing, and my therapist. Now, I don't have kickboxing anymore for now. And when my son is with his dad, you know, if, if, if I feel that I'm getting stuck in a loop, you know, like, uh, like I had some like medical anxiety after the things that happened to me, I talk to her and she, she kind of resets me, you know, like it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. So that's it. So I guess my message is like, Go to kickboxing and therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. And uh, hopefully I, we'll, we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you. Anytime, man. It was so good to talk to you. I miss, I miss people. I didn't think I would say that, but I do. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to hang out not too long from now. Godspeed for the vaccines. <laughs> yeah. Well, take care. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening, and please remember to rate and subscribe in your preferred podcast app. Thank you to Dave Wallace for providing the music on the episode, and thank you to Therese Lance for providing the logo. Bye. <laughs>